Mind Body Connection podcast. The Body and Mind with your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Mind Body Connection. I am Dr. Phil Parker, and today I'm going to talk about something I think you'll find really interesting in using language to change how we feel about stuff. In a number of the podcasts, you'll hear me talk about um, being a patient and how that has a link to the word passive. Um, This is actually really important because when we put ourselves in this passive position, which means basically we have no power as a patient, we're kind of expecting the doctor, clinician, therapist to fix us. Now, Everybody wants that. That's the kind of easiest way to have it done. They come bring ourselves to the to the treatment. They fix us and off we go. Um, but with this whole thing about the mind-body connection, the placebo effect, we know there are lots of things that are down to us, that we have a role in enhancing the treatment or reducing its effectiveness. So learning how we can be more active. Now, whether that is exercising more, eating better, or how we can recognize we have more choice and power in the situation using our mind-body connection could be really, really essential. So about 20-something years ago, 21 years ago, I started to work with people who had become stuck with health. And this was the origin of the lightning process, how it all started. People who had tried everything, were really committed to getting well, seeing some of the best people in the world, and they just were not recovering. And so I started this project on, okay, what what is going on? Is there anything we can understand to help these people to break through this stuckness? And one of the things I noticed, which I mentioned on another episode, is about the, the negative words they used when talking about their health, that there were lots and lots of descriptors of what was going on in a very negative way. But the other thing I noticed was what I call passive language, which is where they would say things about, their health or their situation where they put themselves in a position where they said, look, there's nothing I can do about this. This is all somebody else's has to fix this because I can't fix it, which is completely reasonable because if you're ill, it feels that's the way. And certainly that's the model that most of us have grown up in. But it was clear that this was a, this is a feature. And I was like, okay, well, how, how are we going to change this? And so I had to invent a new word called the do. I've got a picture of it here if you're watching the video. The do, which looks like that. There it is. D-U with a circumflex over the U, a little hat. So let me explain the do. So the do is similar to the normal verb do with an O, but instead of having an O, it has a U. And the reason it has a U is it says, look, Uh, You're involved somehow in this, but it's unconscious and unintentional, so you're not to blame for it. So let's look at how we use it and we'll make it clearer. Somebody says, I'm stressed about the world economy or the climate crisis. Then what we see here is that the way they've described it is that the climate crisis or the world economy is what's causing them their stress. And because they can't really do that much about the climate change crisis or the world economy individually, they are kind of destined to feel stressed until that problem is resolved. And they don't really have the power completely to resolve that on their own. And this puts them in a disempowered position. But it's not completely accurate because we know they're not always stressed every second of the day about the world economy or the climate crisis. They can, you know, be in a different state of mind sometimes. So it's not 
completely accurate to say the climate crisis or the world economy is causing me stress. What's more accurate is to say climate crisis or the world economy is how it is. And I am somehow generating the stress. I don't mean to in my body. And that's where we use the do. So what we do is encourage people to move from I am stressed about this to I am doing stressed about this. Now, if you just try this on, if you say I am stressed about something, name it. And then change it to, I am doing stress about this thing. A couple of interesting things happen. First of all, it sounds weird. <laughs> it sounds wrong. And the point of that is to jolt us out of our normal relationship to this, where it doesn't feel like we've got any power. The second thing that happens when you use the do is it, you suddenly realize that, wait a minute, if I am involved in this, and remember it's unconscious and unintentional, so you're not to brain for it. If, if I'm involved in it, if I'm somehow, it's my nervous system that's generating the stress as a result of these external events, then maybe there might be a way for me to calm down my nervous system, to get it to not do stress and to do calm or to do action or do something about this. The other thing it does is it, it brings a sense of temporariness to it. There's a sense of, I'm currently doing stress, like that there could be an end to it, rather than that's just how it is. It's a process. Technically, this moves it from what's called a nominalized verb, which sounds like a noun, like stress, and brings it back to being a verb, which is an active process. The other thing it does is it kind of gives us a sense of distance, like, ah, it's kind of, it's not in me. It's not just there. It's like I have this sense of opportunity that I can do something about it. Now, the concept behind it, taking responsibility, becoming active, all those things are not new. They exist in other areas. But what's interesting about the do is by using just a single word, just throwing in this word into sentences, it really creates change. And that's quite new. The other interesting thing about the do is you can use it in health issues. So if you talk about um, go to the doctor and they say, look, you've got some inflammation, then what you come away with is this sense of oh, I've got inf inflammation, this thing, or I've got an infection. But if you look at the medical textbooks, when you're training, it doesn't say inflammation, doesn't say infection, it talks about inflammatory processes and infectious processes because they're quite complicated. So if you look at an infection or an infectious process, it's a process, it's a series of steps that occurs. First of all, some external organism comes in, some bug invades us, it lands, and then we have these white blood cells who rush out and sniff it and lick it to find out, is this does this belong to us? Should it be here or is this foreign? So they check out usually the proteins on the outside of this, this in invading cell if they think it's bad they will then send signals often chemical signals to their friends who are waiting over there somewhere and they'll come rushing in when they hear this signal or sense this signal and they'll attack this bug and they'll fight it and some of them will die and hopefully they'll win and then you recover and that whole process is the infectious pro or process of infection infectious process there's an inflammatory process that goes on alongside, which is producing the heat, producing uh, fluid production. But you can notice 
It's incredibly active. There's lots and lots of stuff going on at the same time. Now, when you go and see your doctor, they don't have time to explain all this is going on. So they just say, look, you've got an inflammation or you've got an infection. And in that moment, it loses this kind of dynamism that's naturally occurring within your body. And it feels like I've just got an infection. I've just got an inflammation. There's not much I can do about it. But if we remember it's a process and use the do and say, I'm doing inflammation, then it becomes much clearer what's going on. It's actually more accurate. That's what's occurring. There's this bug come in and then your body is creating this response. But once that happens, we realize, okay, well, maybe there's something I can do to encourage the speedy recovery. So, you know, there is some stuff we can do. We could rest. Sometimes we can exercise. That can be good. We could drink water, we could take care of ourselves. But there's also some other stuff we can do based on what we've learned on these uh, podcasts. Uh, that our white blood cells seem to respond to all sorts of things, like how happy we are, uh, what thoughts we're having, what we're thinking, how we're moving. So thinking about, well, what could we do that might boost the activity of our white blood cells? So really recognizing that we are not passive. This is not just happening. It's not just a thing infection. It's a process. And if it's a process, there are things we can do to nudge it in the right direction to one degree or another. So what I recommend you do with the do is start to use it. Start to think, when can I use this in my life? Anytime you feel like you're stuck, anytime you feel like oh, there's nothing I can do about it. Now, there are certain things you can't do anything about, like you can't change the weather. Uh, you can't change as you probably noticed, you can't change how other people are. We're going to bump into that all the time. So there are things we are passive to, but there are things that we can always change. And there's a nice way to summarize this as well, which is the use of the serenity prayer. And the serenity prayer is a really powerful and short three pieces of information. Actually, it was developed in the 1950s by a pastor in northern states of America. People think it's much older than that, but it's not. And And he said... God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. So to be okay with the things that I am passive to. Secondly, to change the things that I have the power to change. So the things that I am doing to myself to change those. And thirdly, have the wisdom to distinguish the difference between these two very important things. And the problem, one of the problems with humans is we spend a huge amount of time trying to change things we can't possibly change, like the weather. People, you know, particularly in England, spend a lot of time bitching about, oh God, this weather is awful, so annoying, or trains being late. Oh, why is this train so late? When actually there isn't anything you can do about that. And not enough time changing the things they can change. So when we apply this to health, it's like thinking, okay, what can I do that could make a difference? Now, it's very important to recognize this is not saying it's all your responsibility or you're to blame or it's your fault. It's really not saying that. It's saying have a team, you know, work with the medical professionals, but think about what could I do that might make a difference, might encourage my health? What role can I take? This is my health. What role can I take both in terms of what I do externally, exercise, sitting well, getting the right amount of sleep, and also internally in terms of what pathways am I developing? What patterns, what physiology am I encouraging? The way I'm thinking, the way I'm using my brain. 
all that kind of stuff. So that's the do, start using the do. Quick warning, don't use it on other people. So if somebody's angry, don't say, I think you're doing anger because that will probably make them more annoyed. Use it on yourself and notice what change you can make. Hope you found that interesting. Again, if you've got any questions, just pop them in, email info at philparker.org and I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye now. The Mind Body Connection Podcast. The Body and Mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes, like it, review it, and share it. The more people know about this, the better. And don't forget to join our podcast mailing list by going to philparker.org forward slash yes, and you'll get extra stuff, bonus material, and program notes.